It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South, and my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. Yes, word. We are back, back again. Isn't isn't that? Do you, wasn't that Mace? Welcome back. Welcome back. back. Yeah, back. Ag- there's oh. a few. Um, there's a few rap songs called Welcome Back. Actually, okay, go on, go on. Actual Factual. Hit no, me. I mean there's a few. There's a few. I don't need to go down the list. You know what I mean? There's a few. Okay. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Back again, um, reflection eternal. You know, there's a few back again, dilated peoples. Come on, man. Yes, back again. The the, the dilated one. I that was it. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that was that was hard. That was hard. That was hard. Um, yes, we are back with another episode. Uh, I am excited as always. Um, I just have to say, um, with the run that we're having since Andrew Barber on. Well, actually, the Doom episode, then to Andrew Barber, and, and since January 1st, um, I'm really appreciative of the the range of people we've spoken to. And it, I, it just makes me so happy that we are speaking to so many different types of people and gaining so many different types of perspective from said people. Um, I don't care about anything else. That means more to me than anything. I think we've stumbled upon a concept. Okay. The ecosystem what? of hip hop. It's a word we, we're both using often. And I think um, the ecosystem of hip hop includes MCs, DJs, graph writers, the journalists, the graphic designers, editors, the people who were carrying the crates, the, the listeners, the lovers. It's like, I like that term, the ecosystem yeah. of hip hop. I think it's, um, I think it's rich and yeah, it's empowering. And th- it's true. It, it, it's, it's Kurt Angle. It's true. It's Come true. on, man. <laughs> hey, yo, you see yeah. Kurt Angle, yeah? He was a bad man, you know? I know, I know, I know. Bruv, man used to drink milk, you know, and just bowl out to the ring, brother, just dash a man across <laughs> the ring, you know? I saw Kurt Angle, I'm so, f- I'm going to go off on a tangent, but I saw Kurt Angle wrestle live I twice. Too. I seen him. Oh, you seen him? Oh, yeah, you I went in direction. And I swore at Triple H, um, gave him a bit of... I swore at Scott Steiner. I felt the fear of God in my chest. I told him he needed no, to go and really, get a bus pass. It was so stupid. I was a dumb kid, right? So I am still a dumb kid. But the the uh, I, I, we will get to Donna Chesman. I, I you know I, I promise you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking. We're talking in it. Yeah, Grown yeah, folks yeah, are no. talking in it. So the we're at Earl's Court. This is where it was Insurrection. I think two thousand, two thousand and one. The bus comes in, uh, and the bus the coach has seats where you know you're facing the front of the front of the coach and the back of the coach. As it turns in. Um, I'm just standing there looking at the coach up and it turns out it's Triple H with his glasses and he just looks and waves and I just went middle finger now you're rude bruv you're rude bruv Triple H will and then, punch and then you Kurt, up bruv Kurt Angle Kurt Angle wasn't on the coach but the next car he came in and his neck was the size of my head his neck was so big Kurt Yo. Angle it was the size of my neck oh my head sorry. I remember one time I was watching wrestling um, with my mum and Batista came out in it. So, brother, you know my mom's Jamaican mum in it. So she just saw the size of Batista. She said, she said, um, <laughs> she said, she said, what a man big. You can't imagine for him shirt neck. <laughs> <laughs> Bruv, you know Batista's about to go in hell in the cell in it. Like he's not about to buy a shirt in it. You need to relax. Just relax. I love, I love, I love, I that's love, I just love the, the, the fact that that's where your mum went to. The, the shirt. 
bro, we need to do like a we need to do like a, a, a YouTube series watching old wrestling matches, Jamaican accent and we can Indian do that. Accent, we can do that. that maybe. I know that's not nah, politically correct, but listen, it would be listen, hilarious. We should absolutely do that because I have the facility to do that because I did the charity event. So I started the facility where uh, we can watch. Did you buy a subscription? Yeah, yeah. No, no crack software, yeah? I know you don't pay for stuff, no, so I'm um, asking, did you pay for a subscription for this software? So, what happened is uh, the, the platform I was using messed up. Because the 24-hour podcast I did, I won't get the full 24 hours of video back. And they didn't tell me that I had to break it up. Well, YouTube don't process 24-hour videos all in one go. They process it in increments of seven hours. So that's why if you see it in my YouTube channel, say 24 hours and five minutes, that's how long I did. So I actually did it. But it won't process it because they process it in seven hours. And I got so vexed that, yeah, that they gave imagine. me a subscription for a year for free. And I, was, I don't even care, but it's there now. Um, so we can always use it. So you didn't pay for it. Basically you made a complaint. I made a, I, made a, I, I wrote a stringent, See, I, wrote a stri- I, I wrote a stern email. What like points yeah, of view bro, back in the day? I went, did you talk about the yeah, emotional no, distress? I said, no, this is a charity event. I did this for my kid. I want my kid to see this. No, yeah, yeah. All, see, all, no, all fun and joke aside. So I now I've got to do another one. Which okay. I'm going to do, but that's a different story. Anyway, all right. tangent tangent aside, we're back with another episode. We're back with a a prolific, superb writer in Donna Chesman. Um, now, we, we she was mentioned in an early episode with DJ Z. Howdy, Z. Howdy. Um, howdy. Howdy, howdy in, in all caps. caps. In all um, capitals. <laughs> but with the URL as the subject line, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. Um, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We love Z and we loved, but um, I was just really psyched that we could get Donna because I just think where she is going and, and where her career trajectory will go, she'll absolutely be a legend. It's a bit like Carl Lamar. We spoke to Carl Lamar and I just thought this guy's, he's different. He just, he's, he is different quality. And when you hear this interview and you hear Donna speak, you'll understand why I say that. Because she does it because she cares. And there's something to be said for that. Because I've talked a lot about colonizers and people who are trying to corner the market. You've got people like Donna, you've got people like Carl, you've got people like Z, you've got people like Rob, people like yourself, Chris, who want to... Stop it, man. You don't don't like like me, man. But I've got to say it. I've got to say it. You hate me. But it's because it's Black History Month in America, isn't it? I get it. You went there. But we've got all of these people who give a crap about the culture and and the, and and where it goes and how to profile and the art of writing and the art of interviewing. And these are people that we should cherish. And these are people that we should hold up. And these are people that we should support. That's why I love Donna Chesman. That's why I love this interview. So that's all I've got to say about that. If you have to add, if you would like to add anything, please do before we get into the episode. No, I'm good, man. I've got, I got a couple of questions for you, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it after the interview. That's fine. So this is Donna Chesman. Breaking Actions Podcast. Check it out. It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms Podcast. Uh, today, we are speaking to someone we're super psyched and excited um, to talk to. Now, we in this platform always rave about lyrical MCs, the lyrical miracles, people that we love, getting really nitty-gritty into rhymes. Uh, but this is like different because now we're speaking to people who are lethal with the pen, 
who are lyrical miracle with the pen uh, and someone that we thoroughly respect enjoy their writing uh, and we're talking to none other than donna chesman on the breaking atoms podcast donna how are you doing well, after such an intro, can't be bad. Definitely smiling, though my camera's off, so you can't tell. But big smile on my face. So happy to be here and really like appreciate the intro, appreciate the fascination with the writing. No, we absolutely. I think um, I used, I mean, I was a blogger in the blog era, so I'm a blog OG. Uh, a blogger from the OG, I'm an OG from the blog era. Let's get it right. I'm just a, um, I'm just a film so journalist. I've always had a fascination. Well, Yes, that's right. He is a failed journalist. Uh, he's a failure in many other respects, Donna, but we won't get into that now. Um, so am I, actually. We're, 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 we're both a bunch of failures, me and Chris. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, but we are, like, like I said in the intro, we are very fascinated with people and how they, how they find their voice. And we spoke to, to Z. Z is someone I've known for many, many years. And uh, we spoke to him back in the last year. And he, he we, we shouted you out. Uh, and we obviously were aware of you, but... For us, it's very important that we highlight the people that can profile other artists, but write in such a way in which you're engrossed, it's vivid. Um, much like our favorite rappers, when we talk about Nas and, and the vivid nature in which they spit their rhymes, it's the same thing. And so this is very important for us. And, and the platform we, we have is about that. It's about highlighting people who are contributing to the culture. And to be more succinct about it, we talk about future legends and legends. And I think that you are well on your way to being a legend in, in the writing game. So we salute you. Um, but I will, we will start your entry into journalism. Talk us back to that point. Take us back to that point. Where, where was your entry point into journalism? So I was writing for free and I was doing a very bad job of writing um, for a couple of hip hop blogs that no one knows about. And I think the real entry point for me, and I love this story, is um, Tyler, the Creator's Flower Boy Leaks. And I had a dream that I wrote a piece for DJ Booth about his coming out story mirroring my coming out story. So I woke up from my dream, rolled over, wrote Z, who you had mentioned, the messiest email, just really no business emailing in the way I did. But I'm like delirious and excited and green, and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I had this dream, so I got to go after it. And after that, um, I f roll over, I fall back asleep, email sent, you know, it's in God's hands. And I wake up again and Z emails me back something to the tune of like, we would be honored, proud to publish this. So that was really the entry point. I say this all the time internally at AudioMac, but like, I am so internally grateful to Z for taking a chance on literally a nobody um and my email etiquette horrible and we all know on twitter he likes to shout out how to email properly i broke all those that's rules right. i never that's emailed right. him howdy that's <laughs> I a remember weird that one tweet. but i might as well have emailed him howdy you know what i mean <laughs> you know you know sometimes I, I i often have in my draft just to email z with howdy nothing else just howdy just to annoy him but i i don't do it i can't do it i think one day i might do it just I know he's having like an easier day and I'll just send him a blank howdy just to see what happens. Do you know what I will do? We'll, we should do this. We should do this in unison. You write howdy. I'll put a URL in the subject line. It will completely don't freak attach, him um, out. Don't attach a song or any links to the music. Yes. <laughs> like we should just collaborate on the worst email to send to Z. Yeah, I think that we should actually hijack the podcast and instead of having a conversation, let's just list ways we can bother Z. I like that. I do. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. And that's, actually, that's the first Tyler album I 
I actually bought and I really enjoyed it. So, you know, shout out to Tyler Creator, Flower Boy. And for you having the insight to write delirious emails, sometimes they pay off, I guess. Yeah, I think that they do. And that experience has taught me to meet writers where they're at now as an editor when I get what, you know, is a sloppy email, you know, sloppy in quotes. Um, I will still read it through and I'll read your clips and sometimes I'll even get on the phone with you and it might not lead to a piece, but I just know the importance of extending grace to someone. So I like to move like that if possible, when possible. That's very, that's very humble of you. And, um, sticking to the, you know, the topic of meeting writers and relationships, Describe some of the key ingredients that go into having a, a healthy working relationship with an editor and writer. What are some of the things that you should, you know, you should consider as an editor and as a writer? And what are some of your experiences? I definitely think it's all about communication. I'm not a stickler for deadlines. I'm not crazy about word counts, like all those things we can work out. But what you really need to do is over communicate with someone. So if you're starting out as a writer and you pitched a piece on an interview for, you know, Andy from the block and Andy's team is taking the longest time ever to get back to you when you're going to miss your deadline, just tell the, the editor, just be honest, just say, Hey, I really want to do this, but my source just isn't working with me. And a lot of times the editor will be more than understanding because we're just people. I think something that everyone forgets is that editors are people, writers are people, artists are people, podcasters are people, like readers are people. And we're not like these monolithic boxes that just exist and then you go from one to the next to get on your way through your career. So I think just over communicate. That's, that's the key ingredient, just talk. And that goes for everything in life. If you can just over communicate with friends, partners, it might feel annoying because you're saying things that they probably understand, but what you're also doing is respecting them and you're giving them that part of yourself and you're being vulnerable in a really necessary way. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent now. No, it's just good. So, it's good. I'm such a believer in just talking things through, which is why I call writers. Because if we're like three emails deep on a pitch, I'm like, just call me. I'm sure if we just speak to each other like people instead of this weird power dynamic in the email, we'll figure mm. it out. No, and, and thank you for saying that because my wife would definitely say I over communicate. I talk way too much and I'm way too vulnerable with her. And I'm a big advocate like, you know, I think sometimes just, just getting on the phone can sometimes clear the air and, you know, just communicate like you say i'm a big i'm a big believer of that but with technology and whatnot i think sometimes now you know we want to email and we want to text because it's convenient but there's still there's still a lot of power in the spoken word yeah absolutely transitioning from a writer to an editor what would you say are the kind of key characteristics or traits of a good editor and how did you find that transition from being in a, a writer then to an editor um that's a great question well, I still write a ton, thankfully. I don't think I would be able to like function as a human being if I wasn't writing. I think that there would be like some kind of short circuiting situation, but um, traits of a good editor. Well, I'm thinking of the good editors that I've had and it's really just about being sharp. I have an editor now who can highlight a single word and write a just three paragraph dissertation on why I need to change that word. But at the same time, he can highlight a full passage and just go, great, 
this is awesome. And I think it's about that balance of being ruthless, but graceful. So if something's working, tell the writer it's working. I think that a lot of times it's really easy to jump in and be like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Okay, fix it. But we're people, like I said, so it's also good to be like, this is working, maybe do a little bit more of this. And it really does help to point out what is what is working, what the writer should be emulating more of instead of just highlighting like 10 mistakes. Yeah, that's interesting. Great answer. So what do you look for in a writer? Uh, voice. I know that's really um, broad, but like I want it to sound like a person wrote it and not a content machine, um, which I am quoting my newsletter right now. But anyway, um, it's true. When I read great writing and I have like bookshelves all over my house, I read all day long. I read submissions all day long. When I can feel the humanity in it, that's when I'm like, oh my goodness, this is great. Like the technical stuff is learned, but you can't learn how to put like yourself on the page. And even more so if it's an interview, you can't really, I think, be taught how to communicate the humanity of your subject. I think you just have to try over and over again through this arduous process. And then eventually it just clicks and there's a warmth to it. And maybe that's not true. You know, I didn't go to journalism school. I did get an English degree, so I did technically learn how to write. But maybe there is a great way to learn how to interview someone. But no one taught me how to interview someone. I just kind of started doing it again through the grace of people like Jeff Weiss and Z. So when you when you um, when you get a piece of work or you know a piece of writing, what are some of the red flags that stand out to you that kind of make you think, oh, this is a content machine at work? What are some of the telltale signs? Really, what's so tough about it is if there is a uh, if there is an interview and the lead, like the opening, is just not connected to the headline. That's really hard for me because your headline is like your hero. You're, that's what you're selling essentially, and that that, that language is kind of gross because I don't want writing to be like transactional. But we are presenting a product to a consumer. But all that said, um, when your headline doesn't match your intro, that's really tough for me. That usually requires a rewrite. When you're using a lot of like buzzwords to describe the music, but you're not actually telling me what it sounds like, that's really tough as well. Um, it's just, I need to hear your gut. You know, you just have to kind of like, and I think overwriting is better than underwriting. They're both like not great but it's so much easier to like call back and again, point out like this tone is working, but you're going overboard, let's trim than it is to be like, there's nothing here and I need you to add. So that, that definitely, and then other red flags. Sometimes I get pieces handed in where the interviewee just truly does not want to be there, but the writer wants to make it a piece anyway. And it just is this weird mix of like enthusiasm and dryness. And it's so hard to salvage. Like if your subject just sucks, it's hard to say because I'm not there. Sometimes it's a little your fault. Sometimes it's their fault. It's, you know, shared blame. I don't really like to blame people for things if I can help it. Because like, who am I to blame anyone for anything? But um, I guess those are the those are the red flags, I would say. 
you touched upon it already about voice and humanity. How how do you kind of, I guess, refine it? Is it through good editing? Is it practice makes perfect? Is it just a constant, like rappers or producers constantly creating music or writing music? Is it the same thing to kind of develop that? I'm always been a very, I've always been interested in a writer's voice. It's the same reason why you should read magazines back in the day, hip hop magazines back in the day. We'd read them for the personalities. How did you how did you develop yours and how I guess how have you refined it and how have you helped your writers to Yeah, for sure. So it feels like a two-part question. So I'll go to your your first part first, which is like how do you develop voice in general? And I think it's a great mix of awesome editors who see you. Not an editor that's like you missed a comma, but an editor that's like, I know what you're trying to do. I see you, I see your potential. I'm gonna make it special for you. I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna push you. And you're not gonna always like me, but you're gonna be thankful in the end, once we get there. So you need that kind of editor. And that's so rare. That's so rare to find. I hope I can be that for at least one writer. Um, I don't know if I've achieved that, some days I'm so tired that all I do is the grammar and I'm like, okay, great. And some days I'm really in there like developmentally working on the piece and like trying to push the writer. But it, it really does come down to being seen by your editor. And then it's also reading, read everything. Like, I feel like a broken record when I say this and I send it in my newsletter, but just read, read so much. And it's not just because I like books. It's because reading is fundamental to understanding other people. It's fundamental to understanding yourself. It's fundamental to understanding what works and what doesn't work with language. Like, even if you pick up a book and you hate it, that's a learning experience because you've deduced, like, this style is not for me. I'm going to go nowhere near it. And then on top of that, you realize, wait, this was published and I hated it. That means that I have a chance too, because if something that I hate can be published, then this thing that I'm crazy passionate about, it'll find a home on a blog. It'll find a home somewhere. And I think that little pep talk is important too, but that's an aside. Um, and then the third thing is just practice. Oh my God, you just have to get through it. And writing sucks sometimes. Writing is sometimes the worst thing in the world, but it's also what fuels me as like a human being. Uh, like I said earlier, if I didn't write, I think there'd be like a serious issue going on like mentally for me. <laughs> so definitely, definitely those three things. And then for myself, I think I'm still finding my voice every day. I look back at things I wrote two, three years ago and I'm like, oh no, why was this published? Who allowed this to happen? And I think that's awesome because three years from this point, I'm going to have that same reaction, hopefully. And that just means I'm growing every yeah, day. Yeah, I love what you say about the whole the whole reading thing and reading as much as possible because I had an epiphany a couple of years ago as an MC I, I, I thought I want to become a better writer because if I become a better writer then I'll become a better songwriter and a better lyricist and I've got to read more in order to become a better writer so I'm nowhere near as avid a reader as you are and maybe some other people but I do recognize the importance of writing and reading and how they work in conjunction with each other so that that was a that was a good tidbit so I definitely need to read a lot more and get this library cracking in my house if you need book recommendations I am here no I would I'm, I'll definitely I'll definitely reach out for some good book book recommendations apart from reading though what motivates you to stay writing what gets you up in the morning? What gets you, what gets the creative juices flowing? What is it for you? Wow. That is a hard question. Um, I think writing is so entwined with my existence at this point that I don't even think about what makes me write. I just, I wake up every day at six 
And I, the first thing I do every day after making coffee is write, whether that's uh, an email or that's for a project that I'm working on, that's for Audio Mac World work or in my journal, which you can't see, but I have a stack of journals. I've been journaling once a day for three years. Shout out journaling. Everyone should do that. I've started doing it. Very good. Don't stop. Once you like unlock what you need to write down in your journal every day, your life just becomes so much better. And I don't even know how to explain it, but it it's such a revelatory thing every morning just to spend that time with myself. But to uh, to get us back on track, oh my goodness, what is it that makes me write? I think originally I started writing because I had no friends. Um, I was very young. I was in like, I don't know, I've been writing forever. Um, I was in first grade and like, I didn't get invited to play dates or anything because I was like pretty weird as a kid and no one really wanted to like hang out with me. So I would write stories and those characters would become my friends because I needed to spend time with someone. So I would just write them up, you know, like eh, I want a friend. Okay. Well, they were tall and they had red hair and, oh, but now I can make them do whatever I want. So like, then they have this friend and then they like go hang out and they have like a chill spot and blah, blah, blah. And you know, I'm in like first to fifth grade. So like, what am I really not like writing the great American novel here, but that's how I started the practice. So it came from, I think, wanting to connect with people. And that is really at the core of what I do is I want to connect with myself. I want to connect with my subject. When I'm editing, I want to connect with the piece. I want to connect with the writer. When I'm working and I'm emailing, it's that's still a form of writing to me and I want to connect with the recipient. So I think it really all comes down from this like dire need to feel a oneness with myself and then a connection with the outside world. That's deep. A oneness with myself. That's deep. It's really interesting because from your, I guess, the motivation of you wanting to write and doing that, your work is very, I feel like the best way I can describe it is like, it's authentic, but it feels like everything you write is very personal to you. So when I'm, when I'm reading your work, I feel invested in it because I feel the passion that comes through the the web page because it's not paper but it's web i feel that so it's really interesting you talk about outlook and and how personal and wanting to connect because that comes across to me as a reader i appreciate that work. i appreciate that very it's much fascinating really really fascinating i've never heard we've had people on the show before who've who've written never heard them describe it like that it's absolutely fascinating um speaking of kind of going backwards and thinking about you know from first grade with all the hindsight that you have and we all are students never teachers what would you tell your younger self if you had the um, chance i don't think i would tell myself to do anything differently um but i would try and calm myself down i used to have this big problem where people would make fun of me for carrying around big notebooks and often try to steal them and then read them out loud um so i would just tell myself it's okay it's okay that that guy during lunch took your notebook and started reading it to the lunchroom. First of all, no one was listening to him. Second of all, uh, people now read your writing all the time on your terms. So it's fine. You're going to get where you want to go. Shout out to, um, to a younger Donna, I say. I want to ask you a, a couple of music related questions. So I'm a massive fan of Sky Zoo, the, the MC. And the reason why is because when I hear him rap, 
I think to myself that his his writing is so detailed, it's layered, it's dense, and I think he'd be a good writer. I think he could write a book, write some kind of movie. Um, I think the same thing with Biggie. I think Biggie could have written scripts. Who are some of the MCs that you listen to or you hear and you think, you know what, they're actually good writers outside of music? Ooh, good question. Um, hmm. I'm very taken by imagery. So I think keeping it contemporary because I think it's very easy to point back to like Big L and be like Big L, one of my favorite rappers and like Big L can do anything kind of a thing. Right. But contemporary, I was just listening to the Juice World posthumous release before we got on this call. And he has so many just like blips of imagery that I'm like, this is like high level prose right now. And, you know, like I was doing an interview with a different outlet and we were talking about posthumous releases and I said something to the tune of like, man, what did we lose? And that's how I feel when I listen to Juice World. And then obviously I'm the Mac Miller girl. I have a three foot uh, poster of him behind me, which you can't see, but it is there. And he looks over my shoulder as I do my daily tasks. And I think that he is a spectacular writer. I think he is a musician's musician, a writer's writer. And I think that his discography is really a manual on how to survive. Um, so definitely Mac, definitely Juice. Um, hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Latasha, but she is an MC and she is a real writer's writer. Like she can go at it. Lakaley 47, she can go at it. Like real writer's writers. Um, it's tough. It's tough because like, I don't necessarily think that just because you're a really good MC that you should then also write in other ways, not because you're not qualified, but because I think that they're all such different skills. Like for a long time, I tried to write um, fiction and I've written a lot of pages, so many pages. And it just doesn't happen for me in the same way that creative nonfiction does. And it's strange, right? Because it's all the same words. We all have the same toolbox. Like, you know, Skyzoo, great example. He has the same toolbox that I do. So it, there's really no telling if Skyzoo could write a better article than me. Mm. But I know for a fact that I could not write a better rap than Skyzoo. Let's put that you out might, there. You, you might have some bars in them notebooks, Donna. I don't know. I, I think I think Donna's a silent assassin. I think she's in it. Listen, Donna's got bars, man. No, I think Donna's like KRS. I think she's got. I think she got diss tracks for for the whole Billboard top ten, just waiting in the clip. That's what I think. Oh my goodness, no! My notebook is like today will be a good day. <laughs> Yesterday was an okay <laughs> Wait, hey, day. Hey, that was a, that was a rap too. That was a rap too. Ice Cube, come on now. <laughs> I walked into that. I definitely walked into that one. <laughs> but no, I think in the end we all have the same toolbox, but we're all different craftsman and so like example if i had an electrician come to my house but like i needed my stairs repaired i don't think he would be able to repair my stairs but he's still a capable craftsman you see you see the word play you hear the word play you see it there that's donna's an mc man she's an mc i'm telling you we should will. sign we should sign donna yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely mc mc chessman <laughs> I, I'll think about it. I'll heavily consider it. Go through those notebooks like um, Ice Cube. Listen, we got we got audio, Mac. We got the streaming service. Let's do it. I will heavily consider it. 
before I hand over to Summit, though, I just want to talk about Mac Miller for a moment. Um, I know you're a big fan and um, you, you did the year of Mac. And what really stood out to me about those pieces you wrote, it was almost like you took on the responsibility of processing the grief for all his fans because even though I wasn't the biggest fan, I didn't know how to really um, express what I was feeling or, you know, make some sense of it. But I found sense in some of those pieces you wrote. Like, what was your motivation for it? And was that intentional to really put grief, if possible, into some kind of perspective? I think what's exciting about the Year of Max series is that there was almost no intentionality behind any of it. And it was all instinct. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew I had to do it. And I didn't really understand the impact that it would have. And I still get emails to this day from fans that are thankful for the series. And I think that's what made it so pure was there was no plan. There was no week to week plan. There was no calendar for it. There was, there was nothing. The most planning that I did for it was when I'd have myself or Z reach out to one of our contacts for an interview. But other than that, I was really just like, what's in my heart? I'm going to write it. And I would write like four or five at a time. And then we would release them. But there was no forethought of like, this is going to be the process of grief. This is going to be this. This is going to be that. This week's piece is going to be this because next week's piece is I, it was just gut. And I think maybe that's why it resonated because I was just feeling honestly through that. And I think when you when you are honest in your emotions, other people relate to that in some way. Mm, mm, no, awesome job with the year of Mac and rest in peace, Mac Miller, every time. Um, how do you balance freelance fr- uh, life with actual life, especially with, uh, with the craziness that's been happening over the past year? Um, I don't think I do. I'll be honest. I wake up at six. I work until five. Then I'll eat my fiance. She's wonderful. She'll cook us a meal. She is the best. She probably can hear me right now. I love you. Um, (laughs) Though I have headphones on, so I can't hear her. But hopefully she said she loves me too. Be really weird if she didn't. (laughs) Um, And I go to bed at eight, man. Like I have two and a half hours to myself every day. I don't know if I spend them well. (laughs) Um, I don't think I have good work-life balance. I think it's better than it used to be which is probably alarming for you to hear because what I just described sounds awful, but I'm not unhappy. And I think that's important. I think everyone's work-life balance has to be to this like ultimate point of contentment. And I love waking up at six and I'm tired. So I love going to sleep at eight. Um, And then the weekends are mine. I don't work on the weekends unless I absolutely have to. Um, I do a lot of reading. I read anywhere from 50 to 100 books a year. Last year, I hit 100. This year, I'm on track for 50. We'll see what happens. There's a long year ahead. Um, I play my Nintendo Switch. Come on. I watch horrible garbage television because I don't think my mind can process like highbrow media (laughs) on the weekends. I'm just so tired. Um, I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's it's. I think it's really common when you when you work a lot to just want to unplug. But I'll tell you what though, if you want to get something out of like watching a show like Married at First Sight, which what an incredible garbage fire of a premise. I um, I, I Um, like that show still. I'm not going to lie. You you wouldn't, you wouldn't think so if you know me, but that show is hard. Yeah. Right. But what I like to do with my fiance is we'll pause it and start psychoanalyzing 
the the couples and we'll end up branching off into these really engaging conversations about all these other topics so that's how i get my mental stimulation on the weekends and we play board games i love board games i love like problem solving in that way and sometimes we just kind of sit next to each other on the couch with the cats and then like two hours will go by and i'm like this was great like no one emailed me so i'm happy sometimes that's what's needed honestly sometimes just sitting there with with loved ones and that's it so you need sometimes nothing else you don't need anything else but that um final question because i know I'm, I'm i'm conscious of time um the brand of dj booth and obviously now audio mac i know the answer to this but i'd like to hear it from you um what do you think is the the contributing factor especially from an editorial point of view a contributing factor to its ongoing success we we give a fuck we really care. Can I say that? Is yes, that okay? you can. Ask. The, um, okay, Summit great. is the potty mouth of the South. You, um, <laughs> you, you can swear as much as you like. Uh, listen, Donna, I swear all the fucking damn day. You Every what I mean? third word is a swear <laughs> word. You see I've what got I mean? a child. It doesn't matter. I still listen swear. To listen to him. Fuck this shit. <laughs> listen to sorry, him. Sorry, Karen, Karen, Donna. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we give a fuck. We really do. Like, I care when I sit down with an artist's interview. Like, I care. I want, like, I'll prepare. I really will listen to your whole catalog and read all your past interviews and, like, ask you questions that matter. Um, and I won't ask you about who you're dating because that's weird. And how does that help anyone? And that's why Audio Mac World is so awesome because we're giving you the world around the music. And that's why DJ Booth was such a success because we really cared. And that's why personal essays that we publish don't suck because, like, I know that when Z was editing them, he cared about like my well-being as he was editing those essays and some of my essays like from the past before I you know got things handled with myself were pretty dark and every time he would reach out to me and we would have like a serious conversation that had nothing to do with editing but just like showed me that like as a human being person to person he cares and I care about my writers and I care about their pieces and I care to edit them well and I care about my coworkers, and I care about my readers. And I think that that's what it all stems down to is you can tell when something is unfeeling and we feel a lot. Maybe I feel more than I'm supposed to. Uh, jury's still out, but I do feel a lot all the time. And I think I use it in a positive way. Donna, this is, um, this has been great. I'm not going to lie. This has been Inspiring. really insightful. Um, and, and the reason why we like interviewing people we respect is we always get something from their perspective and we learn something new. And it feels like everything you do is is from a place of absolutely giving a fuck, but this it's personal to you care. And one thing that me and, me and Chris have in common is this care for the culture, the way of life. That's why we speak to varying different people we don't just speak to rappers we speak to managers A&Rs writers managers uh, producers the whole nine so I just want to thank you for lending us your time your wisdom and for your contributions to the culture and to the art form because writing and 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 everything and, and editorial is something like I, I was on a clubhouse room yesterday and they were talking about why can't we connect with the younger audience anymore as old heads I was like listen there's some gaps in our ecosystem and one of those gaps um, is 
people writing in the same way we used to find back when hip-hop was thriving on, on top of the world in the 90s with magazines and different platforms and different voices and we need those diversity of voices and you certainly bring that so thank you so much you have no idea what this means to us because this is speaking to people like yourself it means a lot because we get to learn from you too oh that's really sweet i often when i'm writing forget that people read it and that it matters to people so it's just so nice to hear that you have such a reverence for writing in general and that you care that i care before you go though donna you mentioned nintendo switch yes do you play mario kart yes badly Okay, I was going to challenge you, but if you're if you're bad at it, I, I don't know if I can do that to you. You know what I mean? No, I, I think she meant she was better than you. Basically. Nah, this is uh, you know, I'm the Lord of Mario Kart, Donna. You, why do you want the smoke all the time? Why are you always looking for smoke? Leave Donna alone. She don't need the smoke. Listen, I'm just just being social, man. Come on now. <laughs> to be fair, I've heard this a lot about him, Donna, about how he's so great, quote, great on uh, Mario Kart. I don't know, man. I might have to pull up my Switch and just like put some hours in, and then just. Bust a move on him. I don't know. We'll, Donna, we'll play some Mario Kart one day, Donna. Yeah, I pull a consistent ninth place as Waluigi, so definitely oh, a competitor. Oh, man. <laughs> you mentioned board games as well. Considering you're a writer, and this will be my last question, are you, are, you, are you mean at Scrabble? You know what? No, and I'll tell you why. I have a buddy. I refer to him as my brother. His name is Tyler, and his family is so good at Scrabble, and every time we play, I go into it, and I'm like, I'm a writer. I'm good at words. No, not good at Scrabble. Whole mm. different ballgame. It's same with me. As an MC, I play my wife at Scrabble. I'm an MC, you know, Donna. I should beat her. I've been with her for nine years, and I've never won. I'm a, I'm a failed homo sapien, and I can't play Scrabble for shit. Yeah, Scrabble is a different beast. Like, you have to have a mind for Scrabble. Like, it, Scrabble doesn't care if you are good at writing, if you're an MC, if you know things about other things. Like, Scrabble doesn't care if you're a neurosurgeon. Scrabble is mean. Yeah, yeah, it don't respect you. It don't it respect you. It doesn't discriminate. It eliminates all. Yeah. That's what it does. But when people start pulling out foreign words in Scrabble, you know, you know you've got them on the ropes still. I've never had anyone on the ropes, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't think I've had anyone in any capacity in Scrabble. They, they pull things out on me and I'm like, this is unreal. Like, what is the strategy? I just know words. Some sorcery. Absolutely. We'll play Scrabble one day in, in, in the, in the uh, post-pandemic world. Yeah, there's, there's an online game so you could play and we can all have, like, it's an app. And we can all be on the, and we can all make our moves. We should do that one day. Let's do it. I agree. We should do it. I'm there. Thank you, Donna. We really appreciate you. Have a good evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You're the best. A big thanks to Donna for her time and her wisdom. Man, listen, I I think a lot of our interviews, people seem to love our producer interviews, but people also love the interviews we do with writers. Yeah. And I, and I think it's because of the, the, the kind of going behind the curtain thing. That understanding important. the That's process mm-hmm. uh, and it's not something that gets highlighted enough so that was that was food for thought it made me reflect though as like a, as a as a musician and an artist one of the challenges that we have is how do we produce quality music in an era where songs now have to be under three minutes and the third verse is now dead like how do you keep these people's attention so shout out to the writers who can write long form pieces and keep people's inte- people's attention and not just keep their their attention, but like inspire them to, to action. I think that's dope. So shout out to Donna Chesman and people of her ilk. 
Definitely. Absolutely. Ilkana. You said you had the questions for me. Yes, I do. I want to know what's going on with your shirt today, bro. So, what do you mean? for the benefit of our listeners, right? Summit's out here wearing like a blue dad shirt, bruv. Yeah, man, I'm a dad, isn't it? No, no, no. But listen, like, you, you look like you work in a bank, bro. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, bruv. It's short Tell sleeve as well, bruv. Bruv, you know it's February, isn't it? Why are you wearing short sleeve shirt, bruv? It's hot. Okay, let me ask you a question. Did you iron the shirt? No. <laughs> well, you ain't got no spray starch. <laughs> what the hell? No, no, man. Nah, no, you man are savages, bruv. You don't, you don't iron your shirt. Just whacked it on, bro. Nah. You no, I do. Wolves, I just didn't bro. iron You were this raised one. with the wolves. No, I, I iron my shirt, just not on this particular occasion. You know what was funny, though? Because normally, right, when you hop on, you like you got your Liverpool shirt on, you know, looking the part, do you know what I mean? But because you logged on the Zoom and I didn't see you and then you just bowl into the room with the dad shirt, I said, oh, man. I said, what's going on, man? I had, to, I had some important meetings today, you know what I mean? Okay. You know, you know securing the bag and all okay. that good stuff. All right. So, man, got dressed up for Zoom. You don't get dressed up for me, but safe, innit? Yes, listen, 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 listen. When when you when when you secure hard, the bag, bro, your, shirt, your shirt's hard, bruv. Your shirt's hard, bruv. You look you look like you just came out of Cannon Street, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like when you know when when uh, Nor- your Northern Line shirt. Yeah, when you <laughs> my Northern Line shirt. <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners who don't live in London uh, uh, and not in the UK, Northern Line is a tube line, a subway line. Um, which connects Northwest London all the way through, all the way through to Trafalgar Central London. Talking about the Northern South Line, London. yeah. Talking about uh, the Northern Line, there was a hmm. there was a guy I I knew who ironically was a friend of Gappy Ranks, and he was freestyling okay. outside outside on the street one time, and he said a line I'll never forget. It. He said, "My spliff is bigger than the um, Hammersmith and City Line." Wow, bro! Do you know how long that line is? Benefit of the listeners. Way. Go online, look at the tube, and look at the Hammersmith and City line. This man said his spliff was longer than that. I'll wait for your response. <laughs> Listen, um, one thing we should talk about very briefly is uh, how Donna is a secret MC who's got bars for the top 10 of Billboard. Bro, no, not that she said that, we're just putting words in her mouth. No, nah, she's got bars for all them people that try to take her books, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember when Ice Cube um, did America's Most Wanted? He turned up at the studio. He had a bag of notebooks. Donna's got a bag of notebooks. Yeah, That's pure bars, still. bruv. I don't want no bruh, smoke with Donna. I, don't, I was about to say I don't want. No, no, I don't want to get on Donna's Can you imagine? She would. Can you imagine going at a writer? But they got one thousand words to come at you with, bruv. The clapback would be epic, bro. A thousand swords to pierce you with, innit? Fam, fam, fam. Nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. No, I don't want it to. I don't I'll leave it, it alone. Okay, but no, uh, appreciate Donna. Um, really enjoyed this episode, and I'm, I'm sure you will too. But you can follow us on social at Break the Atoms Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Chris's personal is at I Am Kinetic. Mine is at Hip Hop Chronicle. Also goes for Clubhouse, Chatty House. Uh, for, yes, for the both of us, Chatty Clubhouse, House. Clubhouse. Um, and yes, thank you to all the listeners who we got some new listeners as well, bro. We got some new listeners. Um, shout out to Czech Republic. Denmark, Norway, a bunch of a bunch of European companies. Like, and when I say new listeners, we charted in those countries recently. I just wanted you to know that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I also uh, had a look and um, big up to the people in Mexico, Cuba, Slovakia, Taiwan. Come on, um, Japan. No Jamaica. No India. Well, we got Brazil. That's not the same, innit? We have India. We do have India. Do we? 
Yeah, so it's we only have my listeners people in now. India. Sorry? My people let us down. Your people let us down. We have listeners in India. I looked at the stats. We have listeners in India. That's hard. Um, and Bulgaria, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Scotland, Ireland, England, uh, Germany, Italy, I, I, I would Spain. Hope, I would hope we have some in England considering we're here, innit? Imagine you yeah, didn't no, have no listeners in your home country, bruv. Listen, listen, some artists can't even sell in their own country but can sell elsewhere. That's what I'm saying. Good yeah. point. Good point. But, no. The ecosystem my, of my, hip-hop, man. Yeah, my point is, is shout out to the listeners. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, and more than anything, I love the fact that you still rock with us, given that we are both such destructive people and we hate each other. Yeah. yeah you've got a safe space. I, I, I'm going to double down. This podcast is not a safe space. But you've got you've to qualify for who? For you. Oh, no, listen, mate. Bro, this world ain't safe for me, bruv. And we ain't. We don't need to go no further. This world is not a safe place, bro. <laughs> This world is not a safe place, bro. The other day, right? You know when it was snowing, innit? I went yeah. for a walk, innit? Bro, why did I see two men sparring in the middle of the road, bro, in the snow? It's not safe. Wow. Buster Rhyme said it. It ain't safe no more. It's not safe, bro. You've got to take care of yourselves. Um, none of that, man. None of that. We've got, we've got to take care of ourselves yeah, and man, our family. Take care so. of, um, take care of your, 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 your dad's shirt, bro. Go, go put some spray starch on it and make them sleeves crispy. You get me? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, your shirt's hard. Your shirt's, your shirt's hard. Some TM Lewin hard. I know it. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Is it a TM No, 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 no. That's not a TM Lewin thing. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And with that, we'll be back next week. Appreciate you. Love you. Peace and love. Peace. <laughs>